0: Welcome in to episode 100 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today I am happy to be joined once again by Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country for a breaking news commitment edition of the Sources Say Podcast. Sean, how the heck are you?
1: Doing well, and our listeners should have uh, had this episode a lot sooner, but. Think we that. had, we had, we had some things we, we wanted to make sure that we had everything in line and uh, dotted all our I's and crossed all our T's before we put something out there. Like we, we like to keep it, whatever we're hearing, we don't want to just throw stuff out there, do we Jack and hope it sticks.
0: So what he's referring to yesterday, we sat down to record our breaking news. So. If you guys have been listening to this show, you guys have known that the Ty Ty Washington to Kentucky uh, hype train has been a go for quite some time. There was no suspense with his decision. Uh, why do you think he uh, UK was able to release his uh, a, a press release so quickly with with yes. quotes, uh, with quotes from coach Cal and Ty Ty himself. This, this was something that was a long time in the making. No, no, Shock to anybody uh, that this was a done deal, uh, done deal, holy field. So we sat down at what one o'clock yesterday. We were going to sit down and we are going to do our our pre pre recorded episode to release right at nine o'clock whenever the the commitment went public. And while like right before we hit record. Uh, we got a text message and a phone call that basically said hmm, the Savir Wheeler thing might not be as much of a done deal as originally planned. We had talked about him in it very in-depth earlier in the week and said that that was, you know, it was going to be Savir and Tai Thai. Those are the two names to watch out for. I, you know, I, originally the plan I thought was going to be Friday for Savir and Saturday for Tai Thai. Mm-hmm. And uh, we heard right before we were going to record that he might be getting cold feet and was thinking about backing out and and kind of reevaluating op- his options with Kansas kind of emerging again as the potential favorite. So we didn't know how to record a breaking news commitment episode of Sources Say talking about just Ty Ty and how he fit with everybody else without knowing who was going to be the, the well, their complimentary piece.
1: It was one of those things where – had we recorded that episode in that setting and we did not even mention Severe Wheeler's name one time, yeah, it would. Have, everybody would have been like, "Okay, something's up." And obviously, at the time, we were kind of waiting for some confirmation before we wanted to put it out there. So it, it was going to be nearly impossible. To record an episode, I did the same thing on Kentucky Daily yesterday, and that episode went out this morning. I bet we said Xavier Wheeler's name 50 times. So I was (laughs) like, okay, if if something happens here, I would rather eat this audio and record it, uh, redo it over. But no, it sounds like uh, things are back in the good side, right, Jack?
0: I got three texts in the span of about an hour this morning, and we're recording this on on Thursday afternoon. I got about three texts within the hour that all of them said Xavier Wheeler to Kentucky's a done deal that it's it's shows over it's it's wrapped up he's he's going to Kentucky so I felt confident to if if we hadn't heard anything we would have just made it work and, and recorded an episode um, but I, I just wanted to make you know breaking down Tai Ty's commitment but I just wanted to make sure that there wouldn't be any last second changes or movements uh, kind of indicating that, that Xavier was either coming or going. So we could come on here and definitively say, uh, cause cause at the time it was just like, Hey, it might not be the done deal that we originally anticipated uh, on Sunday night and going into Monday, maybe hold off. Don't push this as much as you originally were, were planning on. So we weren't, you know, going to just ignore it altogether, but we just wanted to be able to, have something to discuss either good or bad. If, if we had heard he's out, you know, we would have come on here and said uh, UK is going to go explore their other options and, and so on and so forth. But it does sound like that is a uh, full, full steam ahead, something to keep a close eye on. I kind of am under the assumption it might happen Friday. i not sure the, the uh, specifics on that, that could, you know,
1: that yeah, could that was the original yeah. thought that I had on Monday yeah, was yeah. that he would come Friday. Ty-Ty would go Saturday, but Jack, too. I think the the times the timing spot there with uh, ESPN with Sports Center and the Twitter feed kind of influenced Tata moving that thing up to the twelfth. I think that was the original plan mm-hmm. uh, with Paul being Cardi and ESPN there. I, I talked to Paul this morning though and got some really good stuff on Ty-Ty that I'm excited to share and stuff uh, on this episode. I, I think people are going to like a lot of the things that Paul had to say about him. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So without further ado, let's break down break this thing down, what Ty Ty Washington's commitment means for Kentucky and uh, just kind of how we got to this point. and uh, And that's kind of why we needed to wait for the Savier thing to, to get some level of clarity on that, because I think their decisions go hand in hand with each other. I think it's a the reason why Cal was so – and Ty Ty, I mean, he's a special talent. He, I think Rivals just released their updated uh, final recruiting rankings, and he – Jumped up all the way to number eleven in the country, so he's now a consensus top sixteen player in the class, I believe. So eleven in Rivals, twelve on ESPN, and sixteen over at two four seven Sports. Consensus five star, uh, kind of just a, a can't miss, surefire scorer, surefire shooter. It just uh, Kentucky was going to take Ty Ty and and love him and and you know kind of build a strong role for him, no matter who else was joining him. But the other complimentary piece of Savir Wheeler was kind of if they were going to take a guy like Savir, they needed a guy like Ty Ty to play off the ball or to be that complimentary, you know, one-two punch with him. Considering Savir's limitations as a scorer or as a shooter and some of the turnover issues. So that's kind of why we needed to talk about them both at the same time because – they feed off of one another. One is the dynamic shooting and scoring threat, the other is the passer facilitator playmaker so on so forth. So now that we got that out, let's talk about just what Tai Tai, you know, means and and who he is as a player. So we got to see him just about as in depth as anybody uh, this weekend at the Iverson class, we got to watch his practices. We got to watch his scrimmages, uh, some of his, his um, y- you know, pregame drills, warm-ups. We got to talk to him. We got to feel for who he is, what his personality is like, talk to his family. Uh, I mean, we we were all about Ty Ty Washington this weekend. And like we mentioned on last, la- our last episode, we had our doubts about Ty Ty to start with. I mean, this was a guy that it almost felt like he w- he deferred too much. Uh, that he wasn't playing aggressive enough in, in some of the scrimmages and, and the initial workouts that we saw, and then to start the the official Iverson Classic game. Uh, it's not that he was turning the ball over or that he was sloppy or he was taking bad shots or not shooting at all. It just felt like for a guy that was getting as much hype as Ty Ty was at the time, you just thought that you were you were going to see more. It just felt like every time he got the ball, he was just so quick to – uh, you know, let somebody else take control of it, and and you know he he played the three at times, just as an off ball two, off ball three, um, where he barely even touched the ball in any of the possessions. It was just it was just very bizarre for a kid as highly rated and highly touted as Ty Ty was and is to not be a, to not be that aggressive playmaker that everybody kind of hyped him up to be. So we kind of looked at each other during the game, and you even texted me, uh, you know, we were kind of going back and forth talking to different people. You would uh, went up in the, in the stands for a minute, and you know, we were just kind of going back and forth. But at, at one point, you texted me, and you were like, I don't know about him as a lead guard. And I kind of thought the same thing, because it, it truly felt like a manual quickly year one at Kentucky, where he was almost a primary uh, – j- just primarily a catch-and-shoot off-ball threat not really having the ball in his hands, not super comfortable with the ball in his hands. It just felt like he was so quick to pass it up and let other people do, you know, do what they wanted with it. And if the play kind of happened to fall in his lap, like there was that one baseline, uh, he kind of went up and under, had the smooth uh, floater about five feet away on the baseline. Then he had that other where he kind of crossed the guy up uh, at the top of the key and kind of went in did another ball fake and, and up for the floater. About you know four or five feet in front of the basket, and then he had a catch and shoot three in the first half. But outside of that, he he wasn't aggressive scoring at all. His only scoring opportunities early just kind of came on plays that were just kind of handed to him, and and it just we were waiting for that. Who is it? Like who who is he at his best? And uh, and then Sean there in the second half when crunch time came around and they needed baskets and they needed somebody to take the game over. I mean. Holy hell. I mean, Ty Tai was the absolute truth, Sean.
1: Yeah, he is. Absolutely. And you know, I spoke with Paul Biancardi of ESPN this morning, a guy that's obviously followed him and stuff ever since, I think, last June, if I'm not mistaken, is when he first. Uh, so, so Paul put in June 2020, Ty Tai broke into the rankings at number 86. Wow. In December 2020, he was at number 34, and now he finds himself at number 12 in the ESPN rankings. Uh, when I spoke with him this morning, Jack, he, he talked about the the competitor that he is. And we know his, his high school group lost two games this year, both to MontVert Academy, uh, which is, you know, perfectly understandable. And he was talking about the winner that Tata Washington is and how he fits in at Kentucky with that winning mentality. He's a kid that we've heard Tata say it in the press release. He said it to you. He said it to me. He's a kid that bets on himself. He always bets on himself, and a well-coached co- well by Ed Gibson out there at uh, Compass Prep. I know that's what uh, Paul Biancardi was talking about. He said the one thing that he looks at when it comes to these guys is who have they been coached by beforehand. And he was uh, giving a lot of praise to Coach Gibson there and saying that – and then Tata told me on Saturday that he's, he sees a lot of similarities in John Caliparity that he had in Gibson. So the, the similarities there between Cal and – And him, it's something that there's some familiarity there with the way that they expect things, the way that they take a bet on yourself, come to Kentucky, take a chance on you if you feel that's right for you, Jack. And uh, I think it's a a great get for Kentucky. Think about this, uh, just looking at recruiting rankings this morning and not saying anything. I mean, Kentucky wanted Hunter Salas at one point. The rivals ranking, Salas dropped significantly to, I think, 26 spots down to number 33. Not saying anything bad about Salas, but here's Kentucky fans thinking what a few weeks ago, you know, all these point guards are gone here, and then you look up and you have one that was rated higher than the one you were targeting, and the one that decommitted from you. Not saying rankings matter, but, but just when very, it,
0: you saw them, yeah. both, you you saw them both live in person, and we both looked at each other, and and I I talked to some other people that that know and and are very familiar with you know recruiting gonzaga doesn't even think he's a point guard because i I don't think he's a point guard i don't know i don't know what position hunter salas is right now
1: and and you talked to me about that because you said what would how what how big of a disaster would it have been if he would have got to kentucky and we all expected him to take over point guard spot and he and that wasn't what he needed to do that's a disaster and kentucky would have taken him and found a way to make something work he's a talented player but you look here at the rankings and you know you can't. Kennedy Chandler is also there ahead of him. Uh, JD Davidson, you know who we who we saw there, really good. Um, but is right there with those guys too. That I, I think when it was said and done, Kentucky got the ended up getting the best fit for what they need on this roster. I would have taken Nolan Hickman in a heartbeat, though. I'll be the first one to tell Absolutely. you on this podcast right now that I will not uh, discredit Nolan Hickman's game. I, I saw a lot of things that I liked Saturday, and I think it would have worked, Jack with ty Washington, but it didn't. But when it when it's all said and done, Kentucky's right there. They get an elite guard, a guy that is doing that thing that Shea Gildas Alexander was doing, climbing the charts right before he comes into Kentucky. And you could see this kid really, really having a nice freshman season. And Paul was talking to me this morning that he's so good with the ball in his hands now. And, and I don't think that that was something he's always had in his game, according to Paul, that it's got better and better took 63 charges last year at compass prep. I know I've had some people on Twitter be like, that's like two charges per game. And I'm interested to see is John Calipari get him out of that? Because we know how much the block charge call influences foul trouble and mm-hmm. things in college basketball. I'm going to say John Calipari is probably going to be like, okay, take takes some here and there, but don't put yourself in foul
0: trouble. Here's this quote that he gave me uh, at, at the Iverson classic. He said on the court, They're going to be getting a a point guard who is going to lead and do whatever it takes to win. Whether that's me scoring, passing, guarding, taking charges, get a nosebleed, whatever. I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. Like who says that? Like you know, there's so many people. You ask, okay, what do you like uh, both on and off the floor? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm I'm a flashy player. I like to do this. I'm a good shooter. I can do this, this, this. Name me one time you have ever gotten a, a personal scouting report from a player where they have told you. I'm willing to go get a nosebleed. Nobody says that. Like that's such a that's such a, a cool ass answer for for any kid. And uh, you know, you talk to Coach Gibson at, at uh, Compass Prep. He said his parents raised him the right way. He's built tough, like Ford tough. He's built that way. He's gonna do what he, he's gonna take what he wants. He's not gonna back down from anybody. He's a dog, a bona fide dog. He's a guy you want in your corner. If you're in a foxhole, you want Ty Ty Washington there with you. That's what you need to know, right there. Like, what a badass quote, like that. Oh, it's just it, this is a kid that for so long, you, you know, you everybody loved Ashton Hagens because he was a dog, but there was a lot of there, there was a lot of downside that came with Ashton's game because of the turnovers, because of some of the you know off court stuff, and the you know it, it just felt like there was a lot of baggage with the dog. But this feels like a more polished just kind of well-rounded better shooter it just it feels like it does getting ashton Hagen's again but kind of a a, a you know a better shooted shooter more well-rounded type of player you love dogs you love that's something Keldon johnson said when he came here uh that's something that you know a lot of the other players that that kentucky has had recent not extremely recently but you know over the course of calipari's tenure they've talked, you know, I'm a dog. I'm a dog. Michael kidd Gilchrist. I'm a dog. You know, those type of guys, they take pride in being that feisty competitor on both ends of the floor. And that's exactly who Ty Ty is. And, you know, you can, you can talk about his shooting. You can talk about his scoring. I mean, this is a dude that averaged 24 points, seven assists, six rebounds uh, Mm -hmm. on 48% shooting 41% from three and 88% from the free throw line. Like that's about as, as beautiful of a box score and, in and and regular stat sheet as you could possibly dream of. But Mm -hmm. Above all that, I am infinitely more excited about the fact that, that this dude is just a grinder. He's a competitor. Yep. He's going to do all of the dirty work, whatever it takes yep. to to help Kentucky win games. And I think that's that's the most exciting part about this.
1: And right here, you you can tell like we haven't been in on those conversations that John Calipari has had with Ty Ty Washington or the conversations that John Calipari has had with Xavier Wheeler but right here in this quote from Paul Biancardi's story on ESPN.com, Jack, you can kind of get inside the conversation. So he says, Coach Cal has passion to develop me. He was confident and straightforward on how I would fit and his plan for me. I could play both the point guard and also slide over to the wing because of my scoring ability. I watched a lot of film in Kentucky, and they play a three-guard attack. So right there you can kind of be inside those conversations, and you see where now Xavier Wheeler fits, that you're already gearing up Tata Washington – to play off the ball instead of having to be that primary guard the entire time. And that you know that's what threw us off a little bit yesterday with wondering, you know, what is the – where is the – maybe the, the mixture, the confusion here. Is, is Xavier Wheeler still Kentucky? Is it turning another direction? We wanted to clear up that before we got on here. But you can see right there that those two have kind of – obviously they weren't recruiting one and then not telling the other about the other one. Like that—that right. that was definitely being discussed, as a plan of plan one, two, and and stuff. But Kentucky's getting a really, really good player, Jack. A really good player, a a really good kid. From what we've been able to see, a really good family, and everything. All the things that you check off, all those boxes for Kentucky basketball. John Calipari does, and the, and I think they're they're getting a really good one.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, the, like we said, Ty Ty is a guy that you take no matter what. He is he is a guy that you that it doesn't matter what Xavier Wheeler does or was planning to do or the timeline of events or who committed first or any of that stuff. Ty Ty is your guy. Like that's, that's a guy that you are willing to take 10 to, 10 days out of 10 or there's not 10 days in a week, Seven ten 10 times out of 10, seven days a week, you take Ty Ty Washington. He is, uh, you know, as good as it comes in terms of just pure point guards in this class. Uh, like you said, he can slide the off ball. If you need him to, he can play the wing if you need him to. I don't, I prefer to see him with the ball in his hands like we saw. He is willing to defer, but he is way more of a, of a difference maker on the floor whenever he does have the ball in his hands. He's capable of playing off-ball, uh, and as we saw, I mean, he can shoot lights out, like we said, 41% from three, won the three-point contest. Absolutely just took, took off in the second half, especially late in the fourth quarter, and then that Elam ending weird extra time added type deal in the Iverson Classic when he just went nuts. I believe he went – Four for four. I I think he went he had two short twos, a three in the first half, and then to get to twenty two points, he had four four more three pointers that were, I mean, just gorgeous, gorgeous shots. And Didn't then he have got, a
1: three point play.
0: And then he got fouled on another no, he got fouled on the three again. Yeah. Um so that that's how you get to your twenty two points. He was it was a team high for him. Um yeah, five five three pointers in the official game. So and it, you just you just gotta remember that Washington is also joining a backcourt that also includes C.J. Frederick, Dante Allen, and Kellen Grady, who shot 47.4%, 40%, and 38.2% from three this past season on a combined 13.2 attempts from deep per, per game. So, again, we're talking about a guy that was a high-efficiency, high-quantity three-point shooter in high school in his own right in Tai Ty Washington, but you're joining three – high volume shooters, high efficiency shooters at the college level as well, where those four players combined makes the addition of, of Sub-Syver Wheeler make sense because like we talked about last episode, if, if Wheeler were to come without Ty Ty or even, you know, without a CJ Frederick or a Dante Allen or even a Kellen Grady without that Savir would have made no sense because Cal, you know, stressed over and over again that he was never going to go back to the, uh, you know, non-shooter lineup. He wasn't going to sign a player that couldn't shoot anymore. He was past those days. All those things, and it made no sense when Kentucky started picking up buzz with a 22% three-point shooter. And I don't think that his 22% is a is a constant. I mean, he, he shot 32% from from three his first his his freshman year on like 48% shooting overall Uh, so the numbers are there and when he doesn't have to be the primary focus in the backcourt the way he was this past year at Georgia his addition makes way more sense because there's going to be less weight on his shoulders less pressure for him to do it all this this you know this past year he played for a bad Georgia team that had no shooters no scorers around him and he felt the need to do it all so yes his high his assist numbers were high because he was constantly trying to find open plays and open teammates and and make plays with the ball but his turnovers were high and his shooting shooting efficiency was extremely low his usage numbers were high his turnover numbers were extremely high uh, he was the he was the the picture perfect scenario of. I'm trying to do too much because my team around me sucks. You know, you, you go play pickup at the gym and you're the only player on the floor with you and you start taking stupid shots and, and making ugly turnovers because you're the only guy out there that, you know, you think you're the only guy out there that can make plays. Xavier Wheeler will no longer feel that way at Kentucky with four elite, I mean, I'm going to call them, all four of them are elite shooters. And they, they, four of them around him that he could feel confident that if, you know, he, he wants to to dribble and and try to make plays for himself and and uh, you know kind of create he's going to be able to have shooters to kind of dig him out of holes and bad situations that he might have gotten himself into with no real answer this past year at Georgia he's going to always have somebody out on the perimeter to knock down a shot and on the flip side if he does get his, his shot blocked or if he does miss at the rim or whatever the case is you have Damian Collins coming in to to rim run and throw down a, a crazy putback dunk or Oscar Sheboy to do the same thing. Jacob Toppin to do the same thing. Maybe Keon Brooks to do the same thing. So you just go down the list in context. Savir Wheeler makes sense. And I love the fit out of context as a pure player. No, I understand the gripes and I understand he is not a perfect player. He's not a polished player. He has his flaws, but I think Cal is thinking big picture with this as, the, as the fit with Wheeler, a primary pure playmaker at heart alongside dominant shooters and, and some elite front court presence and, and, you know, size length and and just pure brute strength and Oscar Sheboy, those guys, it just, it, as a collective unit, it all, it, it's all starting to come together. It's all starting to make sense, Sean.
1: Yes, it is. And Kentucky's going to, when it, when it is official, and obviously we know that things can change, Jack, at any point, but with Xavier Wheeler, when it does become official, Kentucky will have two point guards that do an excellent job at getting both feet in the paint. Yeah. And that is something that they struggled with mightily this past year. We we know that Devin Askew struggled to get the ball by the defender's hip and and beat somebody off the bounce. I mean, that was on display more times than one. He wasn't the only one that struggled. I mean, it was all across Kentucky's roster. Well, they're getting two guys that can get both those feet in the paint, make plays for others. And then, two something on the turnovers here are four turnovers, 4.4 turnovers are game way too high. Right. Right. But you know what doesn't make it seem as bad is when you have 193 assists to those 115 turnovers. That that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at more the whole body of work here. And he's a guy that he was forced to make all the plays at Georgia had the ball in his hands a ton. His usage rate was high. Uh, but when you look at those freshman stats, you know, playing alongside Anthony Edwards And the guys they had there that season, those turnover numbers were 91 and the assists were 139. So, obviously, I mean, he was used a lot more this past season. Another thing that stands out to me, Jack, we're talking about a 5'10 point guard. He had 76 rebounds his freshman year, 100 his sophomore year. For his height, that's not bad. He's going to chip in and rebound his spot, which is a really big thing that you can get from your point guards. Uh, The three-point percentage and stuff freshman year, it was 32%. If it gets to 30, then this is a, a big-time win. If And I, I think it he has a chance to shoot a higher percentage at Kentucky because I don't think he's going to take 13, 14 shots a game like he did at Georgia. I think he's going to take what he gets, really good in transition, really quick. He looks to get the ball out of his hands as soon as it's in his hands and they're leading the break. Uh, he found shooters at Georgia this past season. Think about this, C.J. Frederick. Dante Allen, Kellen Grady, Tata Washington, all these guys leading the break, Jack. If he gets that ball out of his hands quick, Kentucky could be lethal in transition shooting threes. And uh, that, that I was talking to, to Paul Biancardi this morning. That's somebody you're going to – obviously it's fresh because I just had the phone call a couple hours ago. But we talked about this class and how it's different with – Ty Ty Washington, Damian Collins, Bryce Hopkins. It's not your normal John Calipari, Kentucky basketball recruiting class. It's not. But when you look at what they've done, the transfer portal, he was talking about how Ty, Ty fits in this, how Savir Wheeler would fit in this. You got lethal shooters, and it goes back to who coached these guys. Look at who coached them. Coming from a program at Davidson, well-coached. Cool. Yep. Fran McCaffrey coming from Iowa. These guys have been coached very well. Oscar Shibway. Bob Huggins, all these pieces, you know what you're getting. And I, I just like how both these guys will fit. When all it's, when it's all said and done, I really like the fit. I like what Kentucky's doing in the backcourt. But I'm going to go ahead and pencil in a couple of things. When Savir Wheeler commits and signs, he's starting at the one. Ty ties at the two. I think Frederick's going to be coming off the bench as a six-man. And that is not a bad thing. I really don't think, and I think that Cal has been upfront and honest with this, knowing, hey, I need someone off the bench, and if you're going to play a three guard lineup, then it features Kellen Grady, and I love Kellen Grady's size and length at six five, playing that that three spot, and I'm and I'm big on playing a guard there, playing a score at the three instead of a forward, but when you can add somebody off the bench like that. They're, going to, they're all going to play 25, 26, 27 minutes a game. If they're going to really commit to playing three perimeter players, it's not going to matter who starts, who's the sixth man. A ton of people are going to play on the perimeter, including Dante Allen. I think he's going to get his opportunities as well.
0: Think, And you bring up a great point. Think of the versatility with that, just just those five pieces, having those five, that that, that core group of five, where you can have Sabir at the one, Ty-Ty at the two, Kellen Grady at the three. And then your first two reinforcements to come in could be C.J. Frederick in for fill in the blank, uh, Dante Allen in for whoever or whomever. Then, if you know, if need be, Ty Ty can slide over to the one. Let Xavier take a break. Then you could have three elite shooters in the lineup at one time. You could have, you know, Ty Ty, uh, you know, C.J. Frederick, Dante Allen, or you could have. You know, Kellen you know, Grady played some point too at Davidson, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. With, those, with these five pieces, you have so much different vers- you know versatility and you could throw You're different – You're not
1: handcuffing out. yourself. Right. I think that's the biggest thing. And, and I we felt like at times that in the past they've handcuffed themselves. But go, go back to the team a couple years ago that had the three guards and Maxie and Quickly. Maxie and Quickly did not play the two in high school. Yeah. They played the one in the high school and they played the one on the EYBL circuit. They got to Kentucky and played the two. And now look at what Emmanuel Quickly is doing in the league right now perfect as yeah. as a two and and doing things you know off the ball pick and roll get to that little floater kentucky does an excellent job of taking primary ball handlers from the high school ranks and turning them into lethal scorers on and off the ball you make you make do off the basketball in the nba if you can come off screens get into some of that floppy action that is where tyler hero the Keldon johnsons the guys that you're seeing do well in the league They've done so well in that area at Kentucky that they ended up getting drafted significantly higher than what – well, Keldon obviously not, but look at the success he's having in the league right now. Right. So Kentucky's getting pieces, Jack, that you can see multiple lineup combinations. and As of right now, there's five perimeter players if Xavier Wheeler commits to Kentucky. Obviously, we're including him as we expect that to happen. But those five, you can see a ton of lineup combinations there. You can mix and match uh, Frederick and Grady on the wing together. You can even uh, go Grady at the one at times with Frederick and Dante Allen. Then you're, you're talking lethal three-point shooting. Uh, I'm excited to see what Cal does with this and and how they decide to piece this thing together. Well, obviously, what does Davion Mintz do here in a few weeks or months? We, we don't know yet. But uh, Kentucky is certainly – putting together a lineup, Jack, that I, I look at this as John Calipari. Sometimes we know Cal's full of some, some BS every now and then, and he, he likes to say some things. But going back to the season, we felt like a guy who typically says the right thing nine out of ten times, he said the wrong thing nine out of ten times a lot during the season. Yeah. But we tuned into that radio show after they lost in the SEC tournament on that Monday night, and we all were listening. And we listened because we wanted to hear – it was like a state of the dress for the the program, like, where does Kentucky go from here? And his lines were what? The game is changing. It's more skill set than it is length and athleticism. I understand that this is not acceptable at Kentucky. He said all the right things, which is cool, but you know what he's done so far this spring? He's backed them up. And the way that he's constructed this roster with shooters and and Frederick and shooters and Grady – you see that he is—he's—he's he's like, hey, look, we were embarrassed this past season. That's not happening again. We're going to fill this thing out, and we're going to
0: do it right. Sean, real quickly, I want to go back. You bring up Emmanuel quickly and, and Tyrese Maxey and those sorts of guys, uh, and kind of their NBA success. I think this is a perfect opportunity, Sean, for us to bring up our friends at Prize Picks. We have a brand new ad sponsor. We love them. You guys are going to get to know them. They're great. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite former Wildcats play than play, by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual basketball fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go over or under their projection tonight Sean this is our first time bringing it up so I kind of want to use this opportunity to to talk with the fans about you know kind of how this all works and by doing so I'm going to be putting you on the spot you don't on tonight's uh, on tonight's performers only Kentucky Wildcats and there are a couple of them uh PJ Washington Julius Randle, Carl Anthony Towns Devin Booker plenty of options to choose from Sean I'm so bio Bam Adebayo as well. So I'm going to use this opportunity to put you on the spot with, you could go points. You could go rebounds. You can go assist numbers. You can go three point uh, shots made. You can go total fantasy score. There, there, there's so many different options to choose from Sean. So I'm going to, first, I want you to pick from the list of Julius Randall, Bam Adebayo, Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, anybody you want. and, I will choose. You have to pick point number, assist number, rebound number, three-pointers made, or total fantasy score. Pick your poison, John.
1: Well, if you hear the background noise over here, it's because I'm already trying to get ahead with the stats. <laughs> That's <laughs> why I keep, everybody keeps pulling up videos wanting to play. Let's start with Devin Booker, and I want to go points.
0: Devin Booker points. Devin Booker is projected at, drum Roll please, 26.5 points tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. So we have a – Highly anticipated matchup, backcourt matchup between Damian Lillard and Devin Booker. It's going to be high-scoring affair. We already know this. Two fantastic teams in the Western Conference. What you got for Devin Booker? 26 and a half points.
1: Over. And Over. here's why. Two games against Portland this season, he has scored 34 and 35.
0: I think that's free money. I, I would say that is about as free money as you can get, Sean.
1: I agree. So, I'm I'm going to go Devin Booker. Over,
0: all right, all right. We need, as you said, two to five players. We're gonna, we let's do three players for our first Prize Picks uh, example. Who is your number two?
1: Let's go, Carl Anthony Towns.
0: Carl Anthony Towns. All right, I'm going to make you pick total rebounds set at nine.
1: So it's set at nine, nine even. Nine even. Yeah, he averages ten and a half. Let's
0: going against Denver, so there it's gonna be a he, he's gonna be a
1: matchup. He's totally gonna have joking. to perform at
0: a high level, so yes, I'll go I'll go over there. All right. And I'm going to make you I, I'm going to pick this last one for you because this is a, a pretty difficult one. Julius Randle, favorite for most improved player. He's kind of an underdog pick for most valuable player. He's had a phenomenal season. I'm going to make you go over under on the projected fantasy score for him, which is 45 points.
1: And I thought thought you meant you are going to pick this one for me. (laughs) I
0: can take me off the hook here. Nope. So this this scoring chart with this, points are worth one point. Rebounds are worth 1.2 points. Assists are worth 1.5 points. Blocks and steals are both worth three points, and you lose a point for a turnover. So what is Julius Randle going to do with this? 45 Um, points
1: and they play the Spurs, correct? They do. Oh, boy. 45. Man, that's, a line. that's a high line. I don't think he's gone over that in the last three or four games that I've seen. He He's due for a very big night, Jack. But, man, that's a big night even if he doesn't get it. If he just gets to 44, 43, it's a big game. I went over on the first two. Let's go under. I'll go under. I think I we'll
0: Not you don't believe in Julius Randle. How dare you? He, you know what? Because of this, he's going to go on. He's going to say, hey, you know those those idiots on the Source to Say podcast, and they didn't think I was going to I would break this 45-point fantasy score total. You're wrong. I'm mm-hmm. going to beat it. But you know what? These are all Sean's picks. So I want you all to personally make this the Sean prediction night. Use those and if you're right, good for you. And here's the thing. Here's what I like so much about prize picks. You go in and you're like, all right, here I go. Julius Randle with his with his total, Carl Towns with his total, Devin Booker with his total. You can you can do a flex play, which is you're allowed to get two out of three hits in the entry, where if you get all three picks correct, it pays out two point two five times the total. And if you you're still able to win money if only two correct picks are made and you still get 1.25 times the total as well. Or you could go power play with it as well. So you can but th- that means you must hit all three, 3 out of 3 in the entry. And uh and that pays 5 times the total. So for this bet, you know what? I'm going to go in. I'm going to go right now. I'm going to put in those three as of right now. The flex play will give me $45 on a $20 bet or the power play is going to give me hundred dollars on a 20 bet. So it's $20 bet. So there's money to be made. Even if you, you know, Devin Booker doesn't, doesn't play up to par tonight or uh, Julius Randall goes over and proves you wrong, Sean, you can still make money with prize picks, no matter how you want to bet, no matter how you want to play, you are able to make that happen. Prize Picks gives you the chance to win ten times your money for getting getting four or five predictions correct. If that's the, the route you choose to do as well, download the Prize Picks app or visit PrizePicks.com and sign up using the promo code Pilgrim. That's P-I-L-G-R-I-M to get an instant one hundred percent bonus on up to one hundred dollars on your first deposit. Don't forget that's the Prize Picks app or PrizePicks.com and the code Pilgrim to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your favorite former Kentucky stars to the next level this postseason. Sean, I'm excited to be partnering with Prize Picks. They sound awesome. I've used the app. I've used the online uh, desktop version. It is easy to use. It's simple. It's fresh. It's as visually appealing uh, as as you will find. I'm a big fan of it, Sean, and I'm excited to be working with them moving forward. With that, let's get the heck out of here. Sean, where can fans find your work?
1: You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. You
0: can find me on Twitter as well at JackPilgrimKSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. With that, we'll be back next time, maybe even within the next day or two, for another jam-packed Source to say podcast. We will see you then.